I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. When you see a general ride up onto the range, you can rest assured the cavalry is coming. It's high noon for Tuesday, April 20th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also follow me on the Frank Speech app. Trust me, it's coming. My profile is there at Chris Paul and I'm going to grab at I'm your moderator as well. So you'll be able to find me there. If you want some merch, head on over to www.cancelcouture.com. And I just put up a new T-shirt yesterday that says CNN based on a true story. Now, today is the 90th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history. And the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth, Hunter Biden. So congratulations, communists. The fake first family is actually the worst family. Now, a warm high noon welcome from out on the range to all of the redeemable communists who were locked in a room by someone who actually cares about them. While this podcast is played in there at high volume. I'm glad you're here because ultimately we want all of you redeemable communists to become Americans again and be on our side as the American Renaissance begins. And trust me, it's going to work out well for you. So you might as well just go all in now and be on the winning team. If you choose not to, well, you're going to have some hard days ahead. And it might not seem like it right now, but I'm doing you a favor by welcoming you back to Team America. So yesterday was uh, awesome and surprising. I was on the Frankathon on Frank's speech. And I thought I would be talking to Mike Lindell and I did not. The other host, I think his name is Brandon house was doing my segment. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, there was general Flynn. And obviously you can't tell this from watching it, but on my side of the Skype, I had no visual on what was being broadcast or who was in the studio. So I was just trying to intently listen 
to the audio and figure out like when they wanted me to respond. It's so much more difficult when you are not actually seeing the person and seeing when they're coming to the end and it's your turn to talk. So that was a little strange. And then Lindell jumped in there to, <laughs> to go off about some Newsweek uh, fake journalist. And that was funny, but kind of threw me off course for a second there. And that was right as General Flynn had popped in. And so I was also kind of dealing with the surprise of that. But then when it came back, I actually got to have a conversation with General Michael Flynn. And that was a great honor to me, man. I mean, that guy is an American hero. And I think if he's not widely accepted as such right now by people who aren't like us, he will be. I mean, this guy is going to go down in the annals of history as one of the major participants in saving America as a constitutional republic and saving America as an idea and saving America as a nation of freedom and opportunity. Because the other option is that the world's maps are completely redrawn and that the globalist enterprise takes over and wins. And the only way they can do that at this point would be by force. And I don't think anybody wants that except for communists, of course. But honestly, what an honor to be able to talk to Michael Flynn at all. I mean, I don't know how I ended up in that position, particularly since, you know, I don't have a major platform. I have my platform and I want it to grow, but I don't, I think you all know, I don't focus any time on trying to expand it. It'll grow when it grows. It'll grow when the opportunity is right. It'll grow when people like it and when people share it. And beyond that, I mean, I'm just here saying the things I think. And hopefully that aligns with a broader perspective at some point. But if it doesn't, I've said this a million times. There are other things I can do in my life. You know, I'm just fortunate that I guess I've garnered the respect of some people who I really respect. So nothing but grateful for that. And hopefully I'm going to have the opportunity to get some of these people onto my show so that I can ask them the sorts of questions that I feel they haven't been asked before and that you guys feel they haven't been asked before. And I think that'll be a great opportunity. Now, whether that happens before things get settled or not, we will just have to see. But I left that conversation and a text message exchange afterward feeling extremely confident in my assessment of the situation over the past year and the ultimate assessment that we have won and we will win. And the only option is that we win. So I hope you all can take take some heart in that. Uh, I was watching uh, War Room yesterday in the afternoon after I finished up on the Lindell thing. And Bannon went on an epic rant. I mean, Bannon's rants, like when he gets on one, there is almost nothing better. He is just a tornado. Just knowledge righteousness, moral truth, perfect package. Uh, 
I never in a million years in 2016 thought I would end up liking Steve Bannon so much. But man, oh man, love him. That's it. That's all I got to say. I love him. And uh, he went off about the media's treatment of Brian Sicknick and Brian Sicknick's family. Brian Sicknick, of course, is the Capitol Police officer who died the day after the very violent insurrection. And just for a refresher course on that, I'm going to go to the National Pulse. This is yesterday. Capitol Police Officer Sicknick, quote, died of natural causes, medical examiner admits. And the Washington Post was actually forced to cover this yesterday. So this is now entering the central narrative, which, again, is something I have focused on constantly for the last year, because this is how change happens across a culture. Obviously, events can spark change. Everybody knows that. That is obvious. But the kind of change that you need to alter the cultural mindset across the entire country doesn't operate based solely on events. All right. Events are usually viewed from either side in a way that reinforces what their side believes. And that's why the fake news is so effective in presenting completely false versions of events. But once the central narrative is established, if the central, if, if some piece of information enters the central narrative that defeats a piece of the central narrative, that is real change. Okay. That forces people to move outside of what they had accepted. The accepted narrative was that Brian Sicknick was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher. And that was false from the get go. That was entirely made up. It is 100% a lie. Okay. Then it was uncovered that the timing of events didn't work at all, that there was no evidence that Brian Sicknick had been attacked physically or that he had died as a result from that attack. There is no evidence that he was injured. He had a stroke the next day. And so once the central narrative began to accept that, then they had to shift the story and say that the strokes were caused by an exposure to a chemical agent in bear spray. And of course, that's fallen apart, too. So the National Pulse article, Capitol Hill police officer Brian Sicknick, who the media and Democrats first claimed was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher, then claimed was killed by bear spray, suffered two strokes and died of natural causes. A medical examiner has declared even the Washington Post, which peddled the conspiracy theory about Sicknick's death, was forced to admit the facts on Monday afternoon following a new report. And this is a quote from the article. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick suffered two strokes and died of natural causes a day after he confronted rioters at the January 6th insurrection. The district's chief medical examiner has ruled. And you see that right there in the Washington Post reporting. They tried to call attention to the fact that he was somehow involved in the very deadly insurrection. And it leads commie brains to tie those things together or keep them tied together in their minds. The ruling released Monday 
likely will make it difficult for prosecutors to pursue homicide charges in the officer's death. Two men are accused of assaulting Sicknick by spraying a powerful chemical irritant at him during the siege. Well, the first sentence there is preposterous. It will likely make it difficult for prosecutors to pursue homicide charges. Yeah, no shit. Because he wasn't killed. (laughs) This is even more ridiculous than the George Floyd story. In an interview with the Washington Post, Francisco J. Diaz, the medical examiner, said the autopsy found no evidence the 42-year-old officer suffered an allergic reaction to chemical irritants, which Diaz said would have caused Sicknick's throat to quickly seize. Diaz also said there was no evidence of internal or external injuries. Got that? That right there says, no, he was not hit with a fire extinguisher and did not die as a result of being beaten with a fire extinguisher. It also says he did not die from a reaction to the bear spray. And just one paragraph earlier, they were telling us about how two men are accused of assaulting Sicknick by spraying a powerful chemical irritant at him during the siege. Now, that also didn't happen. They were quite a distance away from that. And if you look into the reporting about the bear spray incident, you would also see that there is no way that they were like dousing Brian Sicknick with bear spray. It just simply did not happen. And the medical evidence shows that. But what the Washington Post fails to realize in this very stupid, falsely reported article is that two men being accused of something they clearly did not do is a violation of their rights. The activist Washington Post should be, if they were actually activists that cared about people's rights, they should be using this opportunity to say that those two men must immediately be released from prison. The medical examiner noted Sicknick was among the officers who engaged the Capitol mob and said, quote, all that transpired played a role in his condition. Uh Uh-huh. The National Pulse was one of the first and only media outlets to question the official narrative being spun by the left about Officer Sicknick. While far left websites like Media Matters, used by the New York Times for research, made hay and cash over the conspiracy theories surrounding his death. Revolver.News also carried some of the most compelling and extensive investigations disproving the official story in the immediate aftermath of the incident. On January 10th, just three days after Sicknick's death, the National Pulse reported the views of his family who begged for his death to not be politicized. The left politicized his death anyway. On February 6th, we published a buried lead from inside CNN's own reporting, which suggested the official cause of death narrative, the fire extinguisher bludgeoning, was not true. On February 14th, our reporting caused the New York Times to correct their record of events. That same day, we published an exclusive analysis of the case by lawyer Thomas Farnan, entitled The Insurrection Lie. On March 2nd, we revealed how the FBI was attempting to cover up the real cause of death, likely because they knew then what we know now. The entire narrative surrounding Sicknick's death was a malicious hoax, which brought anguish to many in the hopes of alienating and maligning Donald Trump and his supporters. So that's the end of the National Pulse piece. But I want to read the original statement by the Capitol Police about Brian Sicknick's death. 
United States Capitol Police Officer Brian D. Sicknick passed away due to injuries sustained while on duty. Officer Sicknick was responding to the riots on Wednesday, January 6, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol and was injured while physically engaging with protesters. He returned to his division office and collapsed. We now know that that statement from the Capitol Police is not true. What a lot of people don't understand about the Capitol Police is that they are not subject to FOIA requests. They basically don't have to tell anyone what they do ever. (laughs) They report only to Congress, it seems, which means that people in Congress like Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer and Kevin McCarthy all have the ability to employ the Capitol Police at their service and then never tell the rest of the country why exactly they employed the Capitol Police in the way that they did. And that's what we can see here because there was so much misinformation about what happened on January 6th. And all of that was entirely a result of the actions of congressional leaders. Jamie Raskin, who's not a congressional leader, but is a jackass friar cuck in the impeachment filing that he wrote and in the impeachment trial, that second fake impeachment for a president that was not even in office, they claim. He went back to this bludgeoning by fire extinguisher over and over and over again. That man just continues to shame himself. He's an absolute disgrace to his office and to everyone he pretends to represent. But the rest of what happened with the Capitol Police that day was strange as well. They can't explain this series of events that happened that day. They haven't explained what their communications were and why they acted in certain ways. We know that Donald Trump was asking for the National Guard to be there. That didn't happen. It was ignored. Nancy Pelosi was worried about the optics. So security forces that could have actually prevented the incident entirely were not there as a result of the decisions of the congressional leaders. Now, they put Brian Sicknick's body in the Capitol Rotunda so that they could have it out there as part of the show for the sham impeachment. They honored one of the other officers, the guy that you can see on video literally leading the Antifa rioters through the building. They honored him and gave him a special medal so that they could make that look like he was somehow leading them away from the Congress members who were in such danger. And then they have hidden intentionally the name of the officer who shot and killed Ashley Babbitt. If we're to believe that the story as we're told it is true, that she was shot and died and that that man who shot her was a Capitol Police officer. If you watch the video repeatedly, you would have reason to doubt that scenario. But what Steve Bannon was going off on yesterday was all of the entirely unjustified anguish that the media intentionally put Officer Sicknick's family through. I'm 42. I'm not an old guy. (laughs) Brian Sicknick was my age. 
I cannot imagine what it would be like if I was sacrificed for some political motivation. And then my parents pled with people, please don't politicize this. And instead, the country's so-called leaders took every opportunity to exploit my death in whatever way they could benefit the most. And the way that they were trying to benefit was by trying to somehow get Donald Trump impeached, but also to paint every single Trump supporter in the country as a domestic terrorist and then follow that up by passing new laws that would specifically target Trump supporters as domestic terrorists. Take away our rights to speak, censor us online. Have the FBI go to people's houses and harass them. This is terrible. Like this is what it looks like to be in an authoritarian state. And that's exactly what we have. Let's not forget who these Democrat communists are. And for those out there who have lost loved ones, can you imagine being put through that by public officials? And I assume not being able to speak out because we know how that stuff often goes. But we're in a position now where it is 100% clear as it was to most of us in the days following the very deadly insurrection, that Trump supporters killed zero people. We really haven't even heard of a verifiable instance of violence by Trump supporters against other people involved in that incident. Now, I'm sure that there were scuffles with police, and I'm sure that some of the people in those scuffles were Trump supporters. But that event in total, isn't as serious as every single night of BLM Antifa rioting. Like, yeah, it's at the Capitol. It has a dramatic backdrop. And the story was spun to pretend that this was one of the worst events in American history. That's clown show stupid. That's rock dumb child brain communist stupid. That's the sort of stupid that can only be expressed by people who think they're saving the world by repeating the slogans. They just maligned over half the country. And you have dumb communist actors like Sophia Bush over there in Hollywood calling us all terrorists. That is very, very stupid. And if I was that sort of communist who believes that words are very dangerous, well, there's really nothing worse you could be saying there's no greater antagonizing rhetoric that you could spew out through your dumb thumbs onto Instagram than calling over half the country domestic terrorists because they are standing up for the right to have their vote counted properly. But consider what they have done to this man's family. They cremated his body almost immediately. And now we are only allowed to have enough facts from a medical examiner to get us this far in the story. The actual events surrounding Brian Sicknick's death might never be known. Let's hope that they are when all of this settles out and we get some enhancement in truth just based on 
records of people's communications like Nancy Pelosi's, for instance. And let's not forget, there were some computers stolen that day. Do we really need to pretend that there's nothing on them? That was Nancy Pelosi's computer for presentations. That's what her office tried to say. We will know more about this eventually. But for right now, we know enough to understand that the media lied about this and that the Democrat politicians lied about this and the Republican politicians lied about this. Mitch McConnell stood there as the stupid impeachment trial ended saying how Donald Trump was still responsible for inciting a riot. But again, zero people killed and no one on the record so far injured by Trump supporters. If there are, by the way, I'm totally open to that not being entirely true. I would love to have more information on that if Trump supporters actually did injure anyone. But it was Antifa people and their cohort, whether they be pretend groups on the right or BLM Antifa on the left. Those are the people smashing down the windows. Those are the people saying the terrible things, trying to rile Trump supporters up into violence. Those were Asian provocateurs. We know that. Okay. We know that John Sullivan, that's who was responsible for that. His people. That's why they were all there when Ashley Babbitt was shot. And I think that I want to actually play a little bit of this, this Bannon rant because it's so good and it's going to lead into the, the next thing I say. So bear with me for a couple minutes here. The toxicology report, the autopsy, the uh, medical examiner's report, and who ordered the cremation. Those four things. What did they know? And this deputy director of the FBI, another liar over there at the FBI, like Ray and the rest of these guys, another liar. That's what they are. FBI is full of liars, okay? A corrupt institution of bad cops, liars. What did that deputy director, when he was there two weeks ago and asked him point blank, are you telling me he hadn't seen toxicology report? You're telling me he hadn't seen the autopsy? You're telling me they hadn't seen a draft, a draft of the medical examiner's report? You're liars. You're the liars are insanely incompetent. You should not go to Capitol Hill and testify. You actually seen that, and people in the FBI had seen it. You've known that these are lies, and you're doing it to smear the Trump voters. That's what you're trying to do. You failed because the truth came out, right? You failed because the truth came out. And yet you've had the most massive investigation by your own, say, your most massive investigation in FBI history on trying to find all these domestic terrorists, trying to find all these insurrectionists, trying to find all these traitors, people you call these names time and time and time again. And a family of a veteran and a man who died, pleaded with you, please don't politicize my beloved son's death, my cousin's death, my nephew's death. Don't do that. My brother's death. Please don't do that. There's nothing, there's no, you, there's nothing too low that you people will not do. That's why you disgust us. And he's exactly right. But I want to take this one step further because I want to focus on how low they actually will go because that's what ultimately matters. They are not going to stop until they have reached the absolute rock bottom on every one of these issues. You can see that Anthony Fauci is almost toast. And when that happens, the COVID narrative falls apart. I read somewhere yesterday that despite these numbers of how many vaccine doses they had distributed, 
only 38% of the country is fully vaccinated and no one else wants to get them. They are having a hard time getting new people to take the vaccine, which of course is why they're advertising it all the time and why they're trying to tell us that there are these very scary variants out there that we must be worried about and we should probably keep masks on until then, even though they don't work. And where do they continually go the lowest? Well, race, of course. Here's a few words that someone told our fake president to say. Both brothers, as a matter of fact. Uh, and uh, so uh, um, I, I can only imagine the pressure and anxiety they're feeling. Uh, and so uh, I waited till the jury was sequestered. And, uh, and I called. And as uh, I wasn't going to say anything about it, but Thelonious uh, said today on television, and he accurately said it was a private conversation because uh, uh, Joe understands what it's like to go through loss. And um, they're a good family. And they're calling for peace and tranquility, no matter what that verdict is. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is, I think it's overwhelming in my view. I wouldn't say that unless the, the jury was sequestered now, not hear me say that. But so we, we just talked to them, I want to know how they were doing, just personally, and we talked about personal things. Thank you very much for coming in. So there we have Joe Biden with his little mask on his black mask that he always wears. It's like a skew on his face. It's like over to one side. He can't even put a mask on straight. By the way, Joe Biden is vaccinated and the president of the United States, and he is still confining himself to this mask. That's how pathetic a man this is. Okay. And that's how much they believe that their little virtue signals are having an effect on other people. The only effect that Joe Biden's mask has on this country is to embarrass us. He is a disgrace. Every time he opens his mouth, it is a disgrace. But he was just talking about how he had reached out and called George Floyd's family. And he's talking about how good they are as people. And he says that they want peace and tranquility. I'm pretty sure that's not how they would have described it because <laughs> what an odd phrase for anyone to use when talking about a subject like this. But they want peace no matter what the verdict is. And Joe Biden kind of gives a half-hearted agreement to that, but then says that the verdict should only go one way and it's overwhelming. There is nothing overwhelming about the verdict Joe Biden is pretending to expect. The evidence is overwhelming in the opposite direction, and that evidence clearly shows that George Floyd died from a fentanyl overdose, which was the second serious fentanyl overdose he had had within the last month. He had heart problems. He had other health problems. The guy is a hardened criminal who was in the midst of committing a crime when the police arrived. He was passed out in his van. And his own girlfriend and drug dealer admitted to that. The guy was completely spun out and in the process of dying from drugs. And we're going to pretend that some officer has to pay with his life and his reputation for that. 
Derek Chauvin is like my size. He's like 5'10", buck 75. I'm probably fatter than that right now, but we don't have to talk about that. George Floyd's a big dude who was resisting arrest. Now, again, I will always say, and I will concede this point, that maybe there is some way that the police in that situation could have responded to George Floyd. Maybe there's some way that medical attention could have gotten there earlier and he might not have died. But I don't think that there's anything conclusive about that. That is at best a doubtful situation and still does not at all speak to Derek Chauvin having a desire to murder this man. And all of that aside, there's still nothing about this whatsoever that makes this a racial issue. So I guess we'll see how Antifa BLM domestic terrorists respond after this verdict is handed down. But we have Maxine Waters legitimately and literally inciting violence, which she has done throughout her career. Maxine Waters is a militant communist. Okay, she's not special. Because she's an old black lady with a sassy mouth. That is something communists enjoy because they like caricatures of actual people because that's easy to understand. They always want everything in a caricature because that is how they think of other people. Maxine Waters is a degenerate. Okay. Tell me one thing, one thing at any point in Maxine Waters career that she has done for her district. Point to one piece of legislation that she has passed that has helped the world. Maxine Waters is completely corrupt. She will do and say whatever she needs to, to advance her cause. She incited violence. Joe Biden is following on the heels of that. Everything they have accused Donald Trump of doing, they have done. Everything they accuse Donald Trump supporters of doing and being, they have done and they are. Okay? All of the reality that we see every day is a mirror in the face of these communists. And the redeemable ones begin to recognize that. And then they reflect on it. And they eventually, hopefully, will think their way out of this. But that's going to require two things. And it's up to them to see if they can actually do that. They first will have to humble themselves, realizing that they have been deceived. And it shouldn't be that hard because the deception was society-wide. It's not like you are the one outcast who got tricked. A lot of people got tricked. Almost everybody got tricked. Some people have been red-pilled as hell their whole lives, and congratulations to them. I wish that I was uh, raised or I grew up in a way that kept me that rooted for so long. But I didn't have that advantage. I believed what the communists believed. I wasn't a communist. I mean, I was an Obama, I would say. But I got out of that, and part of that is exercising humility. 
and saying, wow, I got a whole lot of things wrong. I got a whole lot of things really, really wrong. And I'm going to commit my life to not making those mistakes anymore. The other thing they're going to have to do is be able to deal with the fact that people they see in their lives who they believe they're close to, those people aren't going to be there anymore. They're going to have to stand up to those people and say, yeah, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Yeah, you know, that that thing you believe is just really wrong and it's really harmful. And the fact that you will reject me for saying this makes you the bad person. And those are two difficult things for people to deal with. But that's the price of redemption, commies. You want to be an American again, you got to check those two things off. But back to Derek Chauvin, and I don't want to paint this guy as some saint. I know he's not a saint, all right? I know that. I understand that. I'm not a Derek Chauvin fan, though I am a fan of justice and will be happy when he is acquitted. But I'm not a Derek Chauvin fan. I don't know him. He's not my friend. I don't need to, like, get his back on some moral level to understand that an injustice has been done to that man. Okay, and you can't just explain it away by saying, oh, well, he's been mean to other people or he's been violent before. Okay, fine. Pursue him on those charges. This charge is about justice in the legal system. Derek Chauvin did not murder George Floyd. If he is convicted of murdering George Floyd, that is an injustice, not just to Derek Chauvin, to all of us. Because what it says is that the law doesn't matter anymore. Right and wrong do not matter anymore. We can make you an evil criminal just by describing you in the most evil possible ways for long enough. And that's the power of the state media. They can destroy anyone at any time they want. They can exploit any event. They can twist it and lie about it and use it to push this country into division and into communism. That's where we're at. And Joe Biden is 100% on board with that program. And I can't wait to hear what frees itself from between Kamala Harris's dumb commie lips. That's going to be way worse. And she'll get all the woke credit. It's just a good thing that the number of actual wokes is diminishing constantly. Every single day. Redeemable communists wake up and become Americans again. Every single day we win. Their numbers are dropping. They are not increasing. The number of people that believe Joe Biden is a legitimate president is dropping, not increasing. The number of people scared by the coronavirus is dropping, not increasing. The number of people who agree with the Antifa Black Lives Matter terrorists is dropping, not increasing. The number of people watching the mainstream media is dropping, not increasing. The number of people who are still satisfied to sit silently by as corporations inflict their communist agendas on the population is dropping, not increasing. This matters, okay? It's an information war. Once we have won, the narrative 
We win. Our win is inevitable. The only way they can win at this point is by force. Now, if they were to release an actually deadly virus, that would be a massive crisis. If they were to drop a nuclear weapon, that would be a massive crisis. I'm with you on all that. And I've said a million times, the only thing that can stop us is actual violence, actual totalitarianism, rounding up Trump supporters and taking them to concentration camps. But we're not going that direction. I've also said before, if they wanted to win all of these different games they're playing, they should have gone instantly to their Nazi agenda. They should have just let the whole thing play out in its fullest form. They maybe could have won that way. But instead, they used half measures, thinking that they could trick the population into going along with all of this stuff. And a bunch of people did. But not enough. They do not have the numbers to win the narratives. And my hope is that this will become apparent to everyone as these riots begin especially if we have the National Guard stationed around the country to quell these riots. Americans do not want to see cities burn. They are not going to be comfortable with cities burning over this George Floyd case. They missed the boat. That ship has sailed. Enough of the country knows that Derek Chauvin is not guilty of murder and that George Floyd died because he is a criminal drug addict. People will not tolerate the burning down of cities on that justification. And if the communists try to start justifying those behaviors again in public as they did last summer, they are not going to be pleased with the results. They have spent all of their ammunition. As I said a couple of weeks ago, they are down to their last out. Okay. That is why they are so desperate. They have the fake president out there giving the communists a preliminary justification for their rioting. He can say he wants peace till the cows come home. It's not true or he wouldn't be using the rhetoric he's using. You can also know it's not true because Joe Biden took months, months last year to come out and say that the rioting should be stopped while his party was out there saying that the rioting should continue, saying that the police should be defunded. That's the fake president the communists elected. Whatever they thought they were getting, whatever they pretended to think they were getting. This is what they got. They got an old, decrepit, degenerate idiot who has lied and sold his political office for five decades and now cannot think in complete sentences. He's no less corrupt. He's no less a criminal. He's no less evil. He is every bit the man he always was. He is still a racist. He was mentored politically by a member of the KKK. Yet the communists pretend that Joe Biden is just some sweet old man. You think for one second 
a man that was mentored by a Klansman cares about the death of a black criminal drug addict? Are you joking? Grow up. Joe Biden doesn't care about George Floyd. What sort of fantastical scenario could you invent in your head that would make this man, a man who was mentored by a KKK member, suddenly realize the errors of his former ways and care deeply about a black criminal drug addict who died on the street committing crime? Joe Biden doesn't care about that. Joe Biden said straight up last year, if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. You think Joe Biden has had revelations about race? He just loves black people now because look at my relationship with Barack. Hey, that was a show, guys. There are plenty of quotes that Obama has made during his time in the public eye that show pretty clearly he thinks Joe Biden is a useful idiot. And he is happy to use him. Does anybody feel like Barack Obama chose Joe Biden to be his vice president? Come on. Barack Obama had to take Joe Biden on as his president because Joe Biden is one of the main cogs in this system of corruption and has been for decades. He is literally, I mean, I say this at the beginning of every show. Think of some American politician who is more corrupt than Joe Biden. I bet you can't. If you can, you're a genius. And if you can, please tell me. I would love to know. People are going to say dumb shit like Rod Blagojevich. Yeah, sure, commie. <laughs> yeah, sure. He got so much done. Rob Blagojevich level corruption is child's play for Joe Biden. But back to Chauvin for a second. Let's consider this whole thing from another viewpoint. Okay. George Floyd died from a drug overdose. Assuming that Derek Chauvin actually thought we can't get in his mind. Right. But assuming that he believed he was performing his duties as The book says, which is, by the way, true, that is a entirely legal and actually recommended hold for the way George Floyd was acting. He was actively resisting arrest. That is a fact you can see from the video. If Derek Chauvin did not cause George Floyd's death, and it certainly seems that he did not, then his life has been destroyed. Just for the sake of communist political points and to destroy Donald Trump. How many times did we hear last summer? This is Donald Trump's America. This is Donald Trump's America. This is Donald Trump's America. And I said to the commies, I was like, no, it isn't. I was like, Trump is trying to stop this every single night. Democrats in these cities, in these states are preventing the National Guard from coming in and actually eliminating this problem. Well, this is mostly peaceful protest. It's mostly peaceful. It's a protest. Nope. Sorry, commies. You're wrong there, too. You have spent the last few years justifying 
heinous levels of immorality just because you are so dumb and so uninformed and so self-righteous that you thought whatever it takes is just fine. And I definitely didn't mean to go off about all of this for so long. I actually wanted to mention uh, Amy Coney Barrett's book deal, which, again, as we know, book deals are money laundering, okay? No one in the MAGA movement wants to read Amy Coney Barrett's book. None of the communists want to read Amy Coney Barrett's book. The only target market she might have would be the Romneys. And they're not going to do it either. No one cares about this. And suddenly she has $2 million just a few months after she rolls over with the rest of the Supreme Court and leaves aside the overwhelming evidence of election fraud. So we'll see what her very interesting book is about. Now, Senator Rick Scott wrote a letter today to corporate America, and he published it on Fox Business. Dear woke corporate America, beware of the backlash that's coming. It turns out that power does corrupt and you have become corrupt. Dear woke America, I hope you all are having fun with your virtue signaling. I hope you're enjoying trying to one up each other and showing how woke you can be all the while believing that you are more sophisticated and morally superior to the hardworking people of this country. You must have loved the accolades from your elitist left wing peers when you took the MLB all-star game from Georgia. What a fun day for you on Twitter. Congratulations. Never mind that you have destroyed working people's jobs and hurt people who haven't worked since COVID-19 took a member of their family or destroyed their small business. You get texts from your elitist friends praising you for your courageous stand when you support mostly peaceful movements that loot small businesses, set fire to government buildings, and take the lives of innocent people. You think that makes you morally superior to the people in what you call flyover country. But you are lying. You are lying to Americans, lying to each other, and lying to yourselves. You know that everything you have said about the election reforms in Georgia being racist is a lie. You know that the Georgia law actually expands early voting and does nothing to suppress or curtail the voting rights of anyone. And yes, the Georgia law requires an ID to vote. Well, so does Delta Airlines and so does Major League Baseball in order to pick up tickets. It's not that you have twisted the truth. You have rejected the truth. Worse, you do not care what is true. You give the woke mob concession after concession, hoping to buy time to rake in more cash under your watch. You feed the rabble leftist mob that is shouting that America is racist, hoping they won't come for you. Amazingly, the woke liberal corporate news media is just as dishonest as you. They support your lies. And the president of the United States, Joe Biden, shows you the way. He demonstrates how to lie in public and get away with it. Let me give you woke corporate leaders a heads up. Everybody can see the game you are playing. Everybody can see your lies. You are the naked emperor. You are, in fact, morally inferior to the working men and women of this great country who are not racist people and who, unlike you, care about truth. And here's another bit of news for you. There is a massive backlash coming. You will rue the day when it hits you. That day is November 8th, 2022. That is the day Republicans will take back the House and Senate. 
It will be a day of reckoning. Your latest attempts to hurt Georgia's economy will help us do something that is long overdue. Make corporate welfare a thing of the past. There will be no number of well-connected lobbyists you can hire to save you. There will be no amount of donations you can make that will save you. There will be nowhere for you to hide. It turns out that power does corrupt and you have become corrupt. American taxpayers will soon stop tolerating your lies, your attempts to denigrate them, and your attempts to control the way they think, act, and talk. A good and great people are going to rise up and stand up for the truth. They're going to stand up for their principles. They're going to stand up for their country. So cancel as many people as you can right now. Make as much money off slave labor in communist China as you can now. Keep telling your customers how racist and sexist and unsophisticated they are. The backlash is coming. And wow, I mean, I've never been a Rick Scott fan. I've kind of just been neutral on him, but I could have written this. This is one of the best things I have read from a politician, maybe ever. It is just straight up to the point, true, direct, and the right amount of aggressiveness. This is how to deliver a message. And this message will reach the corporate communists and it will inspire people like us, knowing that there is someone out there with a degree of power and authority who is saying things like this. This is excellent. You know how you know it's excellent? Because the media's response is to call this creepy. Oh, he's aggressive. Ooh, who pissed in his cornflakes? You lose again, commies. You lose. You will always lose. You are liars. You are racists. You are immoral. You are corrupt. You are anti-American. You are also stupid and weak and overmatched. We win. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack 
I'm your moderator.substack.com where you can donate or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!